another episode of That's a Rap Podcast. I am your co-host, Jay Rosales. You can catch me on Twitter at Rosalesaurus and find me on Raptors HQ. Uh, I am joined today by my co-host, Dre, and our producer, Jay. What's up, guys? What's up, man? Not much. How are you both doing? Yeah, we're not too bad, man. I mean, good Lord, do we have a lot to talk about. <laughs> well, first <laughs> off, we all suck, and I led this movement, so I predominantly... I'm the one who sucks the most, but we all suck for doubting the Raptors. I mean, they ass and they beat <laughs> the games that we thought they would be ripped apart with. So first off, let's take that. The onus is on us. This is our comeuppance. Fair, Sorry, dudes, fair. but we did well. I think we, I, hey. I don't know. I think we, we said like, oh, and two or elite or one and one in that little road trip or versus bo- yep. Bucks and Pacers and we killed it. But then we, we kind of laid a little stinker versus the Hawks. Yeah, it was a, we won, but ooh. anyways, we'll get we'll we'll get into all of that. I promise you guys. But first things first, uh, we're recording this on a Wednesday night, so that means we just signed a player. Jay, can you elaborate, please? We signed Patrick McCaw, formerly of the Warriors, actually formerly of the Cleveland Cavaliers. <laughs> well, first of all, before I dive into the whole Patrick McCaw situation. Um, in order to get Patrick McCaw, wave Lorenzo Brown last week. So, you know, it's a shame that we're, we're, we kind of lost our fourth point guard. But I think that's a sign that, you know, Lowry's healthy now. DeLon and Fred Van Vliet are all up. Like, we don't need a fourth point guard. So it sucks that he's gone. Uh, we will miss him. But, uh, yeah, that's created a r- roster spot for uh, Patrick McCaw. Uh, early thoughts before I jump into everything that led up to this? My, my first thought was he's a two-time champion. Second thought is, I don't know how much time he's going to play. And third thought is, uh, which I'm sure we can elaborate later, could this mean that there's more deals to, to come? Because if we think about a bench, we got we got CJ, we got Norm, we got... I'm, I'm talking about bench that don't really play. CJ, Norm plays a little bit more. Boucher doesn't really play very much. Malachi obviously is not playing. And then we have McCaw. So I don't know how many... Like, does maybe maybe a deal with CJ? I'm not too sure. Dre, what do you think, man? When I try to explain, because, like, I'm trying to get my girlfriend into basketball, and I took her to her first game earlier this year, and, you know, we've we've had the talk, which I'm sure a lot of Raptors fans have, what to do with CJ Miles. You know, to, to people that haven't really watched the game that long or are kind of new to the Raptors, you know, it's a sad thing, like, like we can't get rid of him. He's such a nice guy. The CJ's PJs, you know, the commercial, and it's like the GoDaddy effect, man. He's a yeah. Well, yeah, you've got it. You know, he's a role player who's not quite living up to his role. But having said that, even if you want, no team, whether you're the three-time winning out of four-time finals reaching Golden State Warriors, Shaq and Kobe era Lakers, or the two teams that are perfect, perfect, are like the iconic Boston crazy championship run team from way back when and perhaps the jordan era bulls but no team is perfect perfect to the point that you can't make any moves to make it any better every move will make it worse and yes we have reclaimed the top spot in the in the east but i feel like uh or subsequently the league as well i feel like there will be a lot of bouncing backwards and forwards between us and the bucks because they're not going to go down lightly but to secure what do we want we want a championship this year and we have that to secure that we have to get rid of all the little kinks and to do that we got to make some plays so the fact that we've got patrick mccaw now that's a step towards getting this kind of 
I don't know, more of a of a free runway where there's nothing standing in our way. Right. Like, you know. So, like, more of a, not a substantial step, but kind of, like, little step. But it, it more so has to deal with what we can let go of. So, but first, before yeah. we get into that. Okay. So, there was this whole debacle with Cavs. And the Golden State Warriors, of course, because oh, I, I need to explain this. This thing is like this thing. This thing is like a novel. Do you can, know? Can I jump into yes, this? please, please. <laughs> yes, uh, explain okay, this. Like actually, no, just, just actually, no. I'm really, <laughs> but I will, I will. I'm, I actually am really glad you brought up to Gmails, um, because uh, Patrick McCaw is not going. Is doesn't solve any of our problems really. You think that someone who's not a point guard, who's not a big to grab rebounds. Then you think that we're grabbing a wing who will solve our three-point shooting. He's shooting thirty. He's a thirty percent three-point shooter. That's not good. Yeah. But you know yeah. what? That's actually still better than CJ Miles. That's not a good sign for CJ Miles. Oof. So, okay. <laughs> and that that again, that's not why we signed him. At least I hope that's not why we signed him. Um, but the whole Macaw ordeal is uh, is something to keep an eye on, whether or not. See, this is the thing. We were going to talk about this regardless, and all of a sudden, he signs with the Raptors. So it just, just adds another layer to this. But separate to his signing with the Raptors, um, from the Golden State Warriors, a two-year, $5.2 million offer uh, to stay with the Warriors. Again, two-time champion, right? Uh, he turned it down. He wanted more money. Uh, he wasn't getting it. Mm. And the Cleveland Cavaliers offered more, two-year, $6 million. Uh, so Golden State has a chance to match it. They do not match it. So he's now a Cleveland Cavalier, whatever. He plays all of three games for the Cavaliers. Then they waive him. He's open for anyone to, to sign. Now let's forget for a second that he signed with the Raptors. There is an investigation currently on, apparently brought on by the Warriors, that there was some sort of a collusion here. Because if McCaw, once McCaw clears waivers, let's just say again that the Raptors didn't sign. If the Cleveland Cavaliers were to sign him, cheaper deal, or even the opposite, if he gets even more money, it doesn't matter. Like if just the fact that Cleveland's able to sign him as he becomes an unrestricted free agent, there's some sort of a collusion there. Uh, and that is against CBA rules. Um, illegal because they could have had an under the table agreement, right? Where Cleveland gets like a discounted look at a possible rotation player. And on top of that, they're screwing over the Warriors by stealing uh, a, a rotation player in Macaw. So the investigation is going to look into, you know, if there is any collusion between uh, the Cavaliers and Macaw. And the ramifications of this are that if the NBA finds that there is some sort of, they're calling it a circumvention, which is kind of like a collusion here, basically an under-the-table agreement between Macaw and Cleveland to get him out of Golden State. Uh, what Cleveland stands to lose is somewhere between the ballpark of $3 million to $6 million in fine. They also, and this is the important part, may lose a draft pick. And mind you, they're last place or one of the worst teams. That might actually be the number one overall pick. And they would sacrifice that and lose that. Cute. But like, what happened three years ago, two or three years ago? LeBron James, Kyrie Irving... The whole team bring home a trophy to Cleveland, a city where nothing gold ever happens when it comes to sports. That was a huge moment. And obviously there's been a lot of rift between, you know, LeBron leaving, the whole saga with Tyron Lou being given the sack, uh, some of the vet players leaving, the team going to crap. And then you have this, like, there was an integrity there that Cleveland sports just don't have. Like, what? I know they're grasping at straws here, but what the hell are they thinking? 
what's going to happen is there 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 will be interviews for both staff of the warriors staff of the the cavaliers they'll interview macaw most likely um and i'm kind of assuming here that there isn't any i mean this is well within the rights of cleveland to try to pry him away and offer a good deal and then they they got to try him out he didn't work out right like that the, the i guess the optimistic look is team he's not a good fit so they waived him that's that right but golden state is saying no 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 you you kind of stole this guy from us yeah. you screwed us over uh so we we want you we want the nba to look into this so most likely it's yeah so okay see this is for myself and maybe others that don't really understand because you guys are much smarter than i am when, when it comes to this stuff but i'm just wondering why is it illegal or un, unfair like what is gs trying to say are, are they saying that the calves are kind of basically snake them for signing McCaw, waving them and then trying to sign it back for a cheaper deal. Like if that was the case, wouldn't McCaw just be like, no, I'll just go back to Golden State if they're already agreeing to sign me for more money. There's it's either that he cannot that's probably even worse. And this is me trying to think off the top of my head. I could be wrong in, in one of the CBA rules here. Let's follow this through and say, okay, he he hits waivers and then Golden State signs him for much cheaper. Uh that wouldn't work because McCaw has already Turned them down for two years at five point two. So, um, so it's not like so because uh, golden. So because like if, if they want him for cheaper, for cheaper, they just offer him a cheaper deal. The issue here is not that. The issue here is McCall wanted more money. So I, I guess that scenario doesn't really play out the way that you're you're thinking it will. Uh, where the collusion comes in is if Cleveland pries him away. And then is able to offer uh, a separate deal once he clears waivers. And that's where Masai came in. Or better yet, yeah. Bobby Webster. And that's the thing with like, right? They, at the end of the day, too, right? That's that's also, uh, it's pretty genius for for Masai to jump in, right? Think about this. Patrick McCaw has championship experience. Yeah, he was like, and he was a rotation player. It wasn't like he was end of the bench. He was part of their. I think he was like their ninth guy, right? He's got that championship experience over the last two years, and instead of offering let's remember he got offered two years for 5.2 but guess what he able to he was able to claim him off waivers at the league minimum of 700,000 like and he got someone with championship experience to play at the end of the bench like <laughs> over any of CJ Miles's minutes like oh, man so okay so this guy's a genius this is this is what I got out of it okay okay basically tell me if I'm right Golden State doesn't sign McCobb because Cavaliers offered McCobb more money Cavs played him yeah. for three games, says, nah, we don't want you, we waive you. And then the investigation is if Cavaliers sign him for a cheaper deal. But before that all is happening and this whole um, investigation is happening, Messiah comes in and says, Patrick, we'll sign you right now. You can play on a championship team, but we're not going to pay you as much. Yes. Is that kind of what's going it, on? It, it, it's No, you know what? I think everything you said is accurate. I guess all it does is now that you frame it that way, which is again, which is accurate, it makes me question McCaw's. Because as soon as if, I if saw playing... McCaw, the the whole um, Cavaliers waved McCaw, I assumed that it was a team thing. Like there was no there was no fit. I mean, Cavs aren't playing for anything besides draft picks right and they're and sexton is the one who's taking up all the minutes and jr smith already left corver already got traded why does mccall want to play so i already thought 
yeah, this isn't a good situation for other people. So that's why Cavs are going to let him go. But but with this little bone that Golden State thrown in there, like that's that's interesting. I've never really seen this happen before. Yeah, because it's like, why would Golden State make an accusation like that? What are they really like? What are they really trying to achieve here? There's they're likely going to do well in the playoffs. They have a solid team. They've got nothing to really earn out of this outside of you know calling somebody out. Like I don't know. It's something it, snaky is definitely happening so, here, and I think Golden is, State's pretty. Yeah, pretty, yeah, you're right. But pretty, pretty decent in my books right now. It was the story was uh, was uh, brought like the initial investigation was brought to uh, was reported by Mark Stein of New York Times, and in his article, I'm pretty sure he mentioned something along the lines of that um, if the war if the investigation finds there's some sort of collusion, McCaw would actually go back to the Warriors, so he would still be under their team as a restricted free agent. But that was if so I don't know. But that was if McCaw wasn't got wasn't signed by the Raptors, right? That's the thing is like I didn't even consider the the scenario that he would clear waivers and that he would sign with a team other than Cleveland or Golden State. So I don't know now <laughs> what this means in terms of the Warriors. I think the reason why they launched this or, or said to investigate was they would get McCaw back and then they have him as a trade chip. They've lost him for nothing, really. Right. Wow. <laughs> Cleveland striking gold again. <laughs> Yeah, cleared up the scenario for you guys or made it more confusing. I don't, I don't know. know, but like it's it's very interesting. Like it, it, I was excited not to do like again, this this happened what maybe 3 4 hours ago or 3 hours ago and and it it's got me really yeah. interested because I've never seen like a this kind of investigation happen between two teams, you know? And now that not only are we involved? We are involved heavily by taking whatever asset they both lost, both Golden State and Cavaliers lost. <laughs> we took that away from them. So, like, who is the winner loser here? Are we clear winners? Or is this, is there's, there, there has to be more to this story uh, than, than what meets the eye right now. Like, I'm, I'm in very intrigued of uh, when, Masai does introduce McCall because I'm not too sure if there's going to be a press conference. There was one with the Cavs. So I'm going to be like, what, what is he to say about this? What is Masai going to say about this? Like, cause this is some shady stuff and Masai is just being that Don again, just being, don't worry, I got us guys. <laughs> like, it's pretty interesting, you know? Yeah. So, and, and I, and I don't know if I, I, I painted the picture as clearly as I probably could have, but one important aspect that I left out was, uh, the annual deadline uh, was, I believe, on Monday for contracts to be guaranteed. And yes. this this harkens back to what I was saying earlier about Lorenzo Brown being cut. Um, if he was still on the roster at 5 p.m. on Monday, um, his contract would have been guaranteed. That's why he got waived. Right. Same with McCaw. So the, the, the contract that he had signed with Cleveland, two years, $6 million, his $3 million would have been guaranteed by Monday at 5 p.m. And that's why they waived him. Oh. And that is why Golden State is upset. They're saying, hey, you just wanted to help uh, McCaw get reach unrestricted free agency. So you signed him to some deal that we definitely would not have matched. And you didn't even intend to pay him $3 million. Oh, You just wanted I, to like keep him on your books for like a game or two, then wave him, right? That's where the collusion comes in. Right. I think that's the part I missed. Right. Okay. I Yeah, That's that seems a little sketch by the Cavs right there. Yeah. Okay. So yeah. Let, let's, let's 
let's just say, let's leave it at that. Sorry. Let's just say that there's there's probably going to be more to this to this story. Um, more than more likely than not, more likely than not, nothing's going to come out of this. We've got Macaw. Yeah, that's great. Exactly. But I think what the, I mean, to your point about this being very interesting is, it's the whole fact that they might lose a draft pick and that draft that's pick true. could even be the number one pick. That's true. Like that is the ultimate kick in the nuts considering who is sitting up there in the top two or three, right? Yep. And Cleveland's obviously done really well with first round draft picks. You know, that's how they got Kevin Love by trading Wiggins. Um, LeBron James, for God's sakes, like this, here comes another. But don't possibly, forget, yep. don't forget Anthony Bennett. Oh, he is the best <laughs> of them all. Absolutely. Who can forget that? <laughs> I didn't forget him. I purposely left him out. But <laughs> the point is, um, the point is, uh, this is akin to what's one of their better draft picks that they were a part of that they could be a part of again. And let's be honest here, seeing as they've gotten three within the last 20 years that I know of, if not more, uh, looks like the odds are usually kind of in their favor. Well, so actually, no, you know, the odds are actually the most in the favor of the Atlanta Hawks. They have a worse record. Really? Really? I thought um, Cleveland was, was at the bottom. Oh, you know what? You're right. You're right. Cleveland has eight wins. Atlanta has 12. So in other words, we almost lost to a team that had the second worst odds in the NBA. Which, yeah, speaking of uh, the Hawks, you know, because if we continue this collusion talk anymore, I feel like our phones might be tapped and, uh, you know, the, the president might want to talk about collusion. It's not that kind, I swear. Uh, abort, um, abort, abort. <laughs> but that means, that uh, hey, we have an additional listener. Point is, uh, <laughs> we've got the Atlanta Hawks, which... You know, out of the games that we predicted, this is the one that we kind of waved off the most, like, oh, the Hawks. And at the end of it, we, it was really down to the wire. It, like, it literally was like a game-winning shot. So th- let's talk. Yeah. W- were we bad or were they just trying to have something to prove? I think this was more of a schedule thing because we just came off a really emotional Spurs game where we lost really bad. Uh, and then we were, we admitted in the beginning where you know we those two games versus the Bucks and the Pacers were going to be pretty hard fought, and we might be uh, going out in a loss, but you know to our benefit we kicked both their asses. And then so the Hawks game was more like, okay, let's just get through this so we can go on to the next game. But this one was what was like forty six minutes of ugly play, and then two minutes of Kawhi. Like I mean. The Raptors had 18 turnovers. I mean, Atlanta had 26. It was it was a really really bad game. But the last two minutes basically showed us why Kawhi is an MVP uh, player, at least for us. Like those two major steals that led uh, to both buckets, and especially that steal against Bomb. Uh, Bambri, I think, Bambri, yeah, something like that, where he he like stole the ball and then um, like zipped the pass to one of his teammates and then the pass kept coming, zip, 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 and it it landed into Serge Ibaka's hands and basically dunked the ball and that sealed the deal. Like it was an ugly game, but, but the entire time I felt like as with all Raptors fans, we were just waiting and waiting for some sort of, some sort of run that we usually do, but we were just didn't think that we would wait for, the last two minutes of the game. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it was it was an ugly game. Like, like you guys said, you guys hit them all in the head, right? 44 turnovers um, combined. Um, I know we missed our first seven three-point shots. Um, there were spurts where, you know, you could see that that we were, were trying to make little runs here. This is one of those situations where, listen, we, we've, done, we've had this problem in years past where 
um, the Raptors have played down to the competition or up. Mm-hmm. And uh, this is this is a classic case of that. You know, Atlanta didn't back down. I mean, give them credit for the way they played. Um, but the good thing is, is that the, the Raptors were still able to pull out a victory. This is the kind of, of, of game where I couldn't help but think that, you know, if this were last year and we needed a defensive stop, um, I'm sorry. Like, it's it, it may not have happened, you know, with whoever was guarding uh, Bembry. I can't believe we're even talking about him. <laughs> but, I mean, you, you have a guy like Kawhi, and the way in which he stole the ball, it was like, it like almost literally was like taking candy from a baby. Right. Like, he just took it and, like, he had four steals in the fourth quarter. He was all over the place. And it, 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 you guys both said this right. This is the reason why we got Kawhi. It's not so much. Yeah. I mean, like he's, he's now he's closing in on setting the uh, uh, Raptors franchise record for most games with at least 20 points, I believe mm-hmm. uh, in a row. Mm-hmm. Um, he's closing in on that record, but it's his defensive effort. And this was probably the best defensive effort I've seen from him in his tenure here and yeah it's, it's got me excited for what else is we have to look forward to considering there's still 40 more games in the regular season like this is amazing to see already yeah yeah because the hawks aren't great let's be honest but obviously they tried their best we both had an ugly game but they were trying the best what that ending looked like oddly enough is a premonition or foresight of what playoffs could be like you know the atmosphere in the arena wasn't quite the same we weren't like playing as if we were firing at all cylinders, but not every game, even in the playoffs, is going to be pretty. And what playoffs is all about is crunch time, starting from the first minute in the first quarter all the way to the end. Every second is played as if it's crunch time because from this point on, each subsequent game could be leading up to your last in the league for that year, and that's it. So the pressure is always on. So... Even in an arbitrary game against the Hawks, we're first in the league. Yeah, we might get swapped to second, but the drop to third's a little bit bigger. We're dominating. But he still has an emphasis and cares, which, as a Raptors fan, I don't know if you both would agree with me, that feels good whether players gave up on us or gave up on themselves. Like, this is so refreshing, and this is exactly what we on this podcast, and I'm sure others, we're hoping for and we're bargaining for when Kawhi was first traded. Let's not forget that we started this podcast like the day after we got Kawhi. That's that was like the it final was. push to, to get this thing going, right? And we will see some confidence here, some game closers, some clutch moments. Not every shot has to hit, not every shot of Kobe's hits. In fact, I think his miss percentage is rather high. But when they do, it always counted. And it's just about even taking them and trusting the person with that shot. And no disrespect, because we've had a lot of great Raptors, which we will go into in a bit. But when it comes to self-confidence, team confidence, being able to handle the ball, court smarts, just the trust that we have in this person, because they're so all around, not just defensively, offensively, but emotionally, mentally, physically, every aspect, I mean, he's killing it. And this is what we got him for, whether it's the Hawks or it's the, it's the Warriors. We never had a player like Kawhi before. And, and let's be real. Like it's, it's not only, like you said, Dre, his, his, his speed, the, the confidence, the shot making, the, the defensibility, it's, it's, it's everything. It's all the above. And it's, 
the smarts that he has. Like I remember I was listening to his his post game and he was basically saying, you know what, we, we played really good defense at the end of uh, the game. But if you keep if you play that kind of defense the entire game, you're going to get gas. So you can't. So you have to turn it up when it's uh, when it's needed. Right. And he knows everybody knows when that's needed is in the playoffs. And I know everyone harks on him about not playing back to backs, but we don't play back to backs in the playoffs anyways. We play maybe a day after, two days after, sometimes three days after. So even if he doesn't play back to backs, it's not, it's not like we're going to play back to backs in, in the playoffs anyways, right? So it, we're trying to play the long game. Everyone's trying to play the long game here. And there's this sense of confidence that we've never had before. Like, I've been feeling it from from yesterday's game. Like, yeah, okay, we're playing the Atlanta Hawks. Yeah, they're probably the second-worst team uh, in the East. But, you know, not too long ago, once we were down by three with uh, 47 seconds left, I, I would have been like, okay, here's another here's another Toronto game. Yesterday was like, no, something's going to happen. Something is going to happen. Mm-hmm. And two things happened right away. And that was because of Kawhi. So... It's just unbelievable what he's done already. Uh, before we go on, Jay, I want to I want to get your thoughts on the Kawhi's play. Oh yeah, it was. Uh, you know, it's actually, I, and I I try not to gush over over this guy, but I just can't help it, right? I mean, <laughs> yeah, it's right. It's it's so hard. We could go on and it's on hard, about this. It's hard not to, right? Um, but but actually, let me divert your attention slightly over to the other KL on this team. Yes. Yes. Uh, yeah. Was was that? Uh, was that screen, quote unquote, a, a legal screen at the end? Slash there? body check. Slash. It was amazing. Like, yeah, you yeah, ran into a wall. Was that? Did you think that was no, a foul? No, I don't that... think that was a foul at all. I think he just ran into something that no one, no one even noticed. Right? If it was a big guy, if it was JV, I, I one hundred percent they would have called. But because Kyle, with his big caboose, he ran into that like, yeah, yeah, he ran into. A, <laughs> his ass basically and he dropped him and that was so good to see is that why he's like the number one offensive uh foul drawer is is that what it is like he's he's actually because he's missed like you know nine games or whatever he actually dropped uh you know to fourth place and then like it's almost as if he wanted to reclaim number one he took two just in that indiana game and it was like okay i get it you want to get that number one spot again you guys have hit it on the head in terms of what, what Kawhi brings. Um, but my other question to you guys about that game was, is that did, did you get a sense that almost felt like it was a little bit of a road game? I mean, think about the crowd. A ton of the, the fans well, were, were in it for Vince yeah. and a ton of the fans. And this happens every time Jeremy Lin comes to town, Asian community that will be at the game. Um, I'm aware of yeah. one one specific association that was there, and yeah, I mean, did it, do you think it felt like a road game, like that that the fans are cheering for both teams almost? Yeah, because let's let's be honest, you uh, with this Atlanta Hawks team beating a dead horse about, they're not too great. But what that means is it's probably one of the more available games you could have found earlier in the season when people were buying tickets. Because what we're gonna go see the Hawks? No, let's go see like a like a great game like against the Bucks or the Spurs. I can't wait to see when he's back. Or hey, Casey's coming back. Let's go see that one. So the fact that it was populated by people that wanted to be there, you know, regardless of who it's for, which again could be 
Vince Carter's last game. It's not official. You never know because, I mean, look at Dirk Nowitzki. The guy's tired, right? Like, this this, this has to be like his last year. Like, he's, he's tired. He's going out with a bang. Some promise in, in, in Luka Doncic. We'll see how it goes. Carter's still playing like he's got a little bit of juice left. Like, I'm, I'm stunned because he's the oldest guy in the league. And one of two players drafted from the 90s to still be kicking it. And he's still here trying to put on a show with whatever minutes he has. And a lot of Raptors people know he's not quite the legacy that people were hoping for, where, you know, he would have won a championship, uh, come out strong, like, you know, Dwayne Wade or Kobe Bryant, you know, got the titles wherever he went. But he's a little bit something else. He's a guy that doesn't want to quit, not because he wants to win stuff or get the money, but because he loves the game. And there's almost like a renaissance to his career and how people view him. That's why a lot of Toronto fans are really bitter about him. And I mean, it, it's great to see because like there could have been resentment, but but there's not. I don't know. I hope he plays another year because if I could, you know, whether he's on the Hawks or if he ends up being like, I don't know, on the Cavaliers next year, I mean, he's surely picking his teams, right? Um, I would love to go to one of his games. Yeah. I hope he comes back. The reason why we're talking about Carter, not only because of his you know, his impact uh, on, to the Toronto Raptors, but this could possibly be his final game. Uh, against the Raptors which you know I doubt he's only one year deal with the Atlanta Hawks so you know I I doubt this is the way he wants to go out uh, especially um, against the Raptors but this begs the question all right so this is what I want to want to ask you guys should the Raptors retire Carter's jersey and so before before we get into this before we get into this okay Uh, I I'm I'm split in the middle I've heard a lot of arguments of why it, it, it should happen, and I've heard a lot of it of why not. So I've been listening to, especially because the Carter Carter came, uh, what was it, Monday or something like that, or Tuesday, Tuesday. So Carter came on Tuesday, and since then there's been a lot of talk on sports radio. So I just heard two really defining arguments. So Jeff Blair on one side on the fan, he thinks that ba- basically that, his number should be in the rafters before even DeMar. Uh, he thinks that mm. Carter had a bigger impact on Canadian basketball than even Steve Nash. And I agree on one end. I feel like his impact was very impactful. But on the other hand, and I'm going to, I was just listening to Gareth Wheeler on TSN. He thinks that why does he deserve that kind of cheers and applause when he comes back? Why do we want to put his name in the rafters when he ultimately did quit on the team like if someone leaves your team at the lowest why does he deserve to return to the team at the highest if this was a completely different argument if we were you know in the position of second last in the nba would we still be booing him right now if we had a better turnaround when we traded him would we still be booing him right now like there's so much to it is it just because that we're a winning team that we're cheering for him or is it because that he's at his last leg of his legacy we just want you know for him to go out in a bang like there's so much so many different sides that you can take so i'm really really caught in the middle this could be a j versus dre but really caught in the middle and i want to know what you guys think do you think ultimately that the raptors should retire carter's 15 yes i do um look what he did wasn't great but we have to keep in mind here a couple of things. First off, 
was he impactful for the Toronto Raptors? Absolutely. We never reached the playoffs. And I know we were still a young team at that point, but we never reached the playoffs until we had him. Yes, we got swept by the Knicks the first time around, back when it was still the best of five. But the second year we came back, made it to the second round, faced the 76ers. And that was like a thing where it's like, okay, we'll see Carter and Iverson in in the playoffs again the year afterwards. You know, it was like there was an actual trust that we could get there. Whereas before, I hate to say it, we were kind of like scrubs, regardless of how good our team was, how lovely our players were. We just weren't cutting it. And two big reasons why we even got anywhere in the first place was Carter and McGrady, which of course McGrady left before Carter did. But that wasn't as maliciously as what Carter did. Is what Carter did good? No. But something to consider, not to justify his actions, because they are forever bad. But this is a guy who perhaps maybe felt stymied and wanted to win a championship ring and felt like he just couldn't have done it with the team that he had. Obviously, we've seen to call snake-like activities uh, happening in recent years. You know, you could pin that label on people like Durant or what Boogie did, you know, getting the pay cut to, to be on a championship team that's won three out of four finals championships. Point is, at the end of the day, some players just want to play. Some players want to win. And while he had a bad way to go about it, and he did throw us under the bus in doing so, there could have been a much better way to go about it where we weren't left with scrubs in the trade. And he went on to the Brooklyn or the then New Jersey Nets, like, ooh, whatever. At the end of the day, did he help put us on the map? Yes. Did he help us be taken seriously? Yes. You know, once like the dunk competition happened and people were like, oh my God, this guy's super mad. People were paying attention to the Raptors. This is going to be stupid and embarrassing as a closing note, but I was a kid and I remember like it was like April or something. I was like, okay, the Raptors season's over. And I remember my older sister was like, no, we're still playing. I was like, what do you mean? We're in the playoffs for the first time ever. I was like, what the hell is the playoffs? I didn't say hell. I was a kid, but I was like, what's a playoffs? Like it was this foreign <laughs> concept to me. And he was like, he was the the main man in front of in front of the ship manning it. Now, having said that, do I think he is concrete the greatest raptor of all time? No, but because he's getting there, because he's one of the top scorers of all time, he's in what, like the top 25 or something? Mm-hmm. Uh, dunking legacy. He's the oldest player in the league right now, and he's still kicking it. He's not falling over like some of the other oldies in this league. He's got to have some sort of recognition. Where is it going to be? In Orlando, where they were a franchise destined to win the championship and they disappointed with the Suns, with the Grizzlies, with Dallas after he joined after they won a championship and they never even came close again. No, it's going to be with the Raptors. Even though he was on the Nets for a little while, they weren't quite the same team that it was like when he was on our team. Like, yes, he did some stupid things, but with sports, you sometimes have to just learn how to forgive and forget because it's been, what, 15 years almost since, like, his legacy. Over 10 years since he did what he did. Like, come on. The, guy, the guy's, like, 42 almost. But like, see, come on. Okay, see, this is where, this is where I, I see the other side of when did it become a part of cheering for uh, an individual player uh, or are we cheering for the logo in front of our jerseys? Like, he did kind mm. of stymie 
our future. There was a lot of things wrong how before he left. So like you know, we all thought he quit on the team. He uh, was really disgruntled with the media. He said he didn't want to dunk anymore. So it almost feels like um, if everything else didn't happen with the Raptors franchise, when when Tim Laiwiki came in, he was kind of the reason why we wanted to kind of forgive and forget so we can get like a history. We don't really have a history with this team. But then it's more like, are we are we cheering for for players now or we're cheering for the raptors now you know so i I, it's it's hard it's hard to say i don't know jay what do you think man all right i get to jump in with some numbers (laughs) actually no let me give you the short answer i don't think i would retire his jersey really okay let me give you the longer answer um do you guys know how many seasons he played with the raptors six right six or seven yes uh yeah, officially it's seven, but we know he didn't really play that seven season. Let's be real. Yeah, yeah let's be fair. Um, played seven seasons. Is Jonas Valanciunas. And you know what? Their numbers are fairly comparable. Now, I'm not saying that JV is as good as Vince Carter. I'm not saying JV has as much impact as Vince Carter. But a lot of the, at least the advanced stats, JV wasn't that far off. And in some aspects, was actually better is better as a Raptor than Vince Carter. He's got better. Uh, I'm talking about JV. JV is better uh, win shares per 48 minutes. Better off uh, defensive win shares. Better win shares in in general. There's some aspects to his game that are again. It's not like Vince Carter blew you away from a stats perspective. He blew you away with his highlights. Now let me take a different stance on this. Um, at one point, the Raptors had Rafer Alston. You guys remember him? He was known yes. as a playground legend, right? Skip to Malu. So let's just say, exactly, skip to Malu. Let's just say he was able to kind of get away with, like, you know, with with, with playground basketball, uh, you get caught up in like the flashiness, right? And imagine if he was able to pull off some of his dribbling and theatrics in the NBA court, and not be called for double dribble or travel. He is worthy of being the retired i know this sounds like i'm I'm going way off tangent here but what i'm trying to say is vince i think is held in such high esteem because he was also a joy to watch like he was highlight worthy skip to malu was highlight worthy on the playground and if he was able to bring that to the nba would we be talking about retiring his jersey no we wouldn't be jv is not flashy but his numbers us to the playoffs as well, right? You can the same arguments that we're saying about Carter, we could say about JV. And again, I'm not a JV fan, but what I'm saying is that Vince Carter's numbers are a bit overblown because we remember the dunk contest, because we remember the, the buzzer beaters. The numbers say that he's not that fantastic. Yeah, he was a good scorer and all, but like overall, like his his team was actually fairly solid. I mean, Antonio Davis, Evan Williams, Charles Oakley, like those were the guys that helped elevate this Raptors team. Yes, Carter was the leader. I get that. But again, seven seasons only, really. Well, six and that seven one was trash. And he has never, and this is the part that bugs me the most, he's never apologized to the fans. Mm, that's true. And he's trying to paint this picture. And there's there's a story that's on The Athletic right now talking about how, I don't get why they booed me. I got traded. No, 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 no. Don't try to change the narrative. You quit on the team. You sulked your way out. The numbers between his uh, seventh season with the Raptors, like the first 23 games, versus 
his remaining 57 games uh, playing with New Jersey, vastly, vastly different. Like it is very obvious that he didn't give a shit in those first 23 games. So, and I, again, I've I have actually forgiven him for for him. Like for like I I attribute it to you know he was young, he was uh, uh, probably a bit too egotistical, uh, and I've forgiven That's him. Exactly right? But at yeah. the same time, uh, I'm not willing to say that he deserves to have his number retired and i'm probably i know i'm in the minority i know he will eventually get his number retired but i'm not willing to say that uh he should well just as a quick rebuttal here i don't want it to seem like because i did say to have his jersey retired um and i'm like you i have forgiven him but i can acknowledge that he did some really shitty things i'm not trying to say paint him out to be like the greatest raptor of all time or anything um i'm just seeing it in uh, in retrospect because the raptors are still a very young team like uh what we're at least in like the the bottom 10 youngest teams that there are right like because what we're like the timberwolves uh the grizzlies perhaps you know we're still a relatively young team and we don't have a legacy we don't have any jerseys up there you know hanging for the raptors we have no retired jerseys we have no championship pennants up there we're a very young team so with that in consideration it's all about who's still playing where everybody fell in like along these timelines of the Raptors franchise, what it all meant. There's a bunch of jerseys, especially in the future that I, I want to be flung up there. But like the, the question was like, would his be up there? I don't know if it's like the most deserving flat out, but I do think it should be up there. But um, if we had one in mind right now, since we're talking about Carter, who do we think jerseys should be up there, or better yet, who do we think are the best Raptors of all time? Let's do a top five. Sure. Uh, Jason, do you have a top five? Okay. Um, so if we're going to go top five Raptor of all time, I got to yep. go with DeMar 1. Purely on mm, okay. purely on stats, games played, most points, uh, most playoff wins. Uh, so he's got to be number one for me. Um, number two is going to be Damon Stoudemire because of we're talking about OG OG. He was the first draft pick for us and he played really well, uh, rookie of the year. Um, so if you're talking about putting the Raptors on the map, he started it all. He literally started it all. Carter yeah. was the one who, you know, elevated our uh, viewership, but Stoudemire, Mighty Mouse was the one who, who started off third. I would put Carter. Uh, we don't have to mention his accolades. Fourth, I would put Chris Bosch. Um, because he was the one who kind of uh, didn't promise, but he brought us back into that playoff contention. He made he in a in an era of um, the best draft class of all time. He was part of that, and he was a big part of that. So uh, I want to say number four for Chris Bosh, and number five I'll put Kyle Lowry. On, and if you had to, but like. I think everybody should maybe toss in because I think we're going to have similar top fives. Underrated Forgotten Raptor that you think should be brought up in the conversation because they couldn't make the top five, but they deserve some love as well. Do you have one? Uh, like an honorable, honorable, honorable mention? Uh, yeah, yeah, exactly. Just because I love him so much, I got to go with Avon Williams. Hey, that's that. see, that's good. Okay, why? I, just because of his 
blue collar style like he wasn't flashy he wasn't away for Alston he got a nice crossover and a nice shot but he hustled he stole the ball he he kind of like played that Kyle Lowry game and and that's this is clearly why they you know they they're both from Philly and they they I think they're both from Villanova they kind of are have the same similar like go all out uh, no matter what game no matter what the score is his game was was really it was easy to love that that's what I'd say I, I really, I, yeah, Alvin Williams would be my honorable mention. Right on. What about you, uh, Jay? What, what's your top five and an honorable mention slash underrated I, player? I think I've got my five. Okay. Um, but I'm still juggling with the order. Uh, okay, so I'm going to count it out. Actually, honorable mention, Amir Johnson. Oh. Mm, okay. I think yeah, uh, that's a good one. I have a feeling, I have a feeling that, that Dre is going to, for honorable mention, actually, I'm going to bust out a second honorable mention. My second one would be Kawhi Leonard. Like, I know he's obviously, like, only played, like, Mm. 30 games as a Raptor, but he will quickly make the top five in, like, one season. (laughs) So, honorable mention to him. But definitely Amir Johnson, I think he was kind of underrated as our as our power forward. Like, uh, and and I'm thinking that Dre has someone else for honorable mention, so I'll leave it for him. Okay, so my top five. Number five has got to be JV. Uh, Number four, Vince Carter. Uh, For... All the reasons that I've mentioned. Uh, number three, I've got Chris Bosch, and then A and one B because I can't choose between Lowry and DeRozan. But if I had to, I would go with Lowry. And that's not even like recency bias. It's just you know me and mm-hmm. my advanced stats. Uh, what he's done for this this team is just immeasurable. So I, I give number one to to Kyle Lowry. Nice, nice, Dre. What about you? Okay, buddy? fair enough. Uh, I'll. So I have two um, honorable mentions quickly. Uh, one's a little bit more prominent than the other. Uh, he didn't play for us very long, but I've got to go with Drone Williams, uh, the Drone Cure dog. Jimmy. When I was a kid, yeah, when I was a kid, you just saw this friendly face, but he had such a presence and such an attitude on the court, and it was like such an introduction to, you know, like defense and just that kind of style of play on the court for me. Of course, you know, we had players like Oakley and all of that, but for some reason, just seeing the joyful guy being about this and this, this character being like this without being full on um, Dennis Rodman, that introduced like a whole different side of basketball to me. Again, he wasn't like the best Raptor ever or anything, but he deserves some love. Like, come on now. He's, he's Raptor's legacy over there. I like it. Um, quick shout out again to, uh, to Mo Pete, uh, simply for that iconic, buzzer beater raptors history that's right like there top two of all time <laughs> it is it, it is like that's in the top 10 nba history of like magic shots just with like... it is and it, and it came from mo pete nonetheless yeah. so, like who would have thought my last honorable mention because he didn't quite play with us very long but he was great player and i wish he did i can only imagine the possibilities if he did uh t-mac tracy mcgrady sadly very injury prone but God, like he's got to be one of my favorite 25 players of all time. Like I love the guy. I love his style of play. It's just too bad that he just kept getting injury prone, you know, the team hopping on all of that. Like I can only imagine if he stuck it out with the Raptors, if Carter left and he stayed with us, played with Bosch, I could only imagine what it would have been like. Uh, number five, I'm actually going to go Vince Carter, uh, which we've already been through all that. Number four, I, it, you know, it's kind of presumptuous to say, but I'm going to go with Kawhi Leonard because let's nice. knock on wood. I hope he doesn't leave this year, but let's say he did. This one year stint still provided us with like the most consistent play we've 
ever had as a team, I, I would argue. And just seeing, you know, this on a Raptors team, I don't know. This sounds pessimistic to say on a Raptors podcast. I don't know if you guys would agree. I never thought I would have seen the day where a team like this would have existed. And a lot of that's because of his influence. But it's also the influence of others, which we will get to. Uh, number three, I'm going to go with... Uh, I might... Uh, I might regret my order here, but I, I've got to, I've got to, I've got to pick it so hard. Um, I'm gonna go with Kyle Lowry because he's done tremendous things for our team. Like, there's what else can you say about the guy? You know, one of the leading assist, one of the leading assist uh, gainers in, in the league. Just one hell of a player, able to draw uh, fouls on him all the time. Uh, he could be clutch when he needs to. He's got the drive. Number two, I'm actually going to go Chris Bosh because I remember when he was the face of the franchise uh, after Carter left and it was like, okay, okay, maybe we'll be in safe hands. And wouldn't you know it, he actually did a lot of great things for us. And when he left for the Heat, it wasn't out of malice. It was like what Carter wanted, but done way better, uh, you know, to get to get the championship. And that, that's kind of how you go about it. You know, I get why Carter did what he did. It was awful the way he did it. But I get the dream. But the way Bosch did it, he had much more respect with his actual franchise. Nonetheless, he still put in an effort all the time, especially when this younger player had to pick up the pieces. That's a hell of a responsibility. And not to say he's the only player to have ever done it. I mean, look at Doncic right now, but like I'll always have respect for him. Even when the whole heat thing happened, I was like so angry, but I was also so happy that Bosch was, you know, achieving stuff, you know? And that's kind of why I'm glad that the Spurs are doing pretty well right now because DeMar DeRozan's probably my number one because he did the exact same thing. Bosch left. He had to pick up the pieces and look at where these pieces have gotten us now. DeMar DeRozan was reaching his prime and pulling up like on his back in the lowest moments uh, that he possibly played with, stuck with us through the good. He never wanted to leave. And, you know, if things could have worked out, we could have had Lowry, Kawhi Leonard, and DeMar DeRozan. Everything would be great, but obviously it doesn't work that way. But probably the most loyal player we've ever had. He's put everything into making sure that we were always doing all right. And yes, maybe he wasn't consistent where he needed to be but the thing is he always tried sometimes he tried too hard but that's because he wanted to do well for us and he can't fault him for that so Dora is my number one nice I, I'm going to make one change I love both your lists I'm going to make one change because I thought okay. one of you would have mentioned so my honorable mention uh, I was going to say was Jose Calderon he deserves oh. it <laughs> he should have made mm. one of our top fives but it's fine like I was on the fence with him and JB, but yeah. I was, yeah, definitely all I mentioned, mainly because of his uh, streak of 82 free throws. That was, that was incredible. That was amazing. Yeah, that's that a little was, crazy. We'll, uh, we'll tweet all three of our lists and hopefully uh, our listeners can give us their list as well. But uh, before we wrap up, let's quickly go through the schedule that's coming up. Uh, so on Friday, the, Raptors are going to face the Nets, the Brooklyn Nets at home. And then on Sunday, uh, it's going to be an early game against the Wizards. Uh, and then we got a big one coming up next week, uh, Wednesday at Boston against the Celtics. So what do you guys think for the next three games for the Raptors? Do you think we're going to continue on with this uh, little hot streak we got going or um, the Kawhi and Kyle train, you know, 
starts to pick up the pace a little bit. What do you guys think? At the start of the year, I think we were all kind of joking about the Nets a little bit. Um, they're slightly proving us wrong. I think if the Hawks could come out in full force to try and overthrow us and come very close to doing so, I think the Nets could do pull off something similar. So, I mean, they not to be taken. They lightly. did it to us already in Brooklyn. So, it, well, that, exactly. So, um, let's not forget that. I mean, I, clearly I did, but. <laughs> Let's not have a repeat of that either. Uh, so there's that. Um, maybe because there's a bias here, and I'm a Raptors fan, um, and I know they're missing a few pieces. I hope the Wizards get destroyed. So then it comes down to the Celtic. We've seen some signs of them actually kicking some ass and possibly getting closer to what people expected of them. I have a feeling Jay might go with an L here. I'm going to go with a, with a an optimistic dub, but it's going to be a hard one. Uh, am I right? Uh, I'll, I'll lead up to that one. Um, so for the Brooklyn game, yeah, as you guys pointed out, it is a revenge game, right? We, we kind of slept on the team a little bit. Um, they are better than, uh, you know, the, the, the prognosticators had them out in the beginning of the year. We had a 12-game winning streak against Brooklyn before that overtime loss earlier in the season. So I think, you know, Kyle and, and Kawhi, they kind of lead us to, you know, their comfortable victory. But Brooklyn's better than, than we all thought, right? So I think, we'll, I think we will win that. Uh, just one minor difference between this time and the last time we played them. Um, uh, RHJ, Rondé Hollis-Jefferson, and Alan Crabb, both starters for the Brooklyn Nets, uh, who helped them win the last game against the Raptors uh, are not in the lineup for this one, so they'll be a little shorthanded. Um, so yeah, I think I think we pull out a victory, um, get a little bit of revenge there. Uh, that takes us over to Washington, uh, the perpetually dysfunctional Wizards. So we'll uh, we should breeze through that one. Um, and then finally, the Boston game. Um, yeah, I, I know that we're all a little hesitant on this and. Uh, I think I've been hanging around with Dre too much because I'm also optimistic. I, I think we'll pull out the <laughs> win. Uh, it's it's uh, tough, not because it's in Boston, um, but for two reasons. Boston is playing better as of late. Uh, the move of Gordon Hayward to the bench has uh, actually helped him out. He's starting to slowly look like his old self. Um, you know, Boston's been playing well lately, um, but. They're, they'll be coming off of a three-game road trip, and I'd like to think that, you know, whenever a team comes back from a road trip, they seem a little slow when they come back on their home court. Like, they are they get off to a slow start, and I'd like to think that the Raptors will jump on that um, because the Raptors will need a fast start. They, have, they are on the front end of a back-to-back because the next night after they face Boston, they have to fly back to Toronto to face the Phoenix Suns. Phoenix Suns are nothing really <laughs> to worry about, um, but... Uh, still, the, this Boston game is probably the. Uh, it's something that the Raptors are going to look keep an eye out on, right? Because they've got two days of rest after that Wizards game to prep for Boston. I'd like to think that we'll Nurse will have us ready. Uh, we played them well both games. We won one and lost the other one in overtime, but we had a chance to win uh, at the buzzer. Uh, so yeah, uh, I think this is a win. Nice. So pretty optimistic all around, and uh, I'd, I'd quickly I'd go probably win win yeah i'll go win 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 but oh in brooklyn uh they went to overtime and kyle Lowry had three points and deandre 
uh, D'Angelo Russell got 29. So I don't think uh, Kyle is going to let that happen again. So hopefully by next week, we'll, we'll come out with a couple more W's to talk about. But until then, Dre, my friend, where can I find you? You can find me on Twitter at Andreas Babs and at my new film website where I do editorials and reviews. Films Fatale, F-I-L-M-S-F-A-T-A-L-E dot com. Oh, and I got to shout you out your your latest review on uh, the Mary Poppins Returns. Yo, solid. So definitely <laughs> give that that site a check. I got to say, like, I watched the movie. I like the review was, was fantastic. Um, oh, yeah, I'll leave it at that. I won't say anything else about what else you wrote there, but well done, sir. Thank um, you. You can find me uh, on Twitter at Rosalesaurus, R-O-S-A-L-E-S-A-U-R-U-S. Um, you can find my work on Raptors HQ. Um, as usual, I have a weekly article every Monday. Um, and yeah, I mean, we've got some exciting pod news to announce, but we'll hold off and just tease you with that. Uh, Jay, where can we find you? Sir, you can find me on Twitter at jlone20. You can find this podcast at that's a wrap pod you can find this podcast all your podcatchers itunes stitcher podbean uh spotify everywhere you listen to your podcast we got some big news coming in we don't want to spoil it right now but hopefully we can tell you guys later uh, in a later date so uh that's wrap boys i'll talk to you guys later but hey lebron lebron uh real talk though you can't just come out and say you're the greatest player of all time that's just stupid come on man can't just just call yourself the goat come on